I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Greg Widmar. He's also known as Fast Eddie. He's a total control instructor. He's going to share his vision to inspire motorcycle riders to wear full gear, take courses, and practice in order to reduce crashes on public roads. And how I found him was I was on um, YouTube, and uh, I think it was Doodle on a Motorcycle, this um, great girl who rides bikes mentioned Greg and I thought oh what's this all about so I'm really excited to chat with him welcome to the show hi how you doing thanks for having me oh my pleasure uh you have an interesting backstory before you got into moto jitsu uh you're in the marines for 11 years I joined um about a year after high school and I spent 11 years in and right before I got out maybe six months before I got out I became an instructor and then I've been doing that ever since and going to school. Amazing. And so you've always loved motorcycles? Way back before I even joined the Marines, um, I used to see a bunch of bikes. Like, remember the movie Fast and the Furious when it first yeah. came out? Sure. So a little bit after that, or around the same time, I'm not really um, sure when, the movie Biker Boys came out, kind of like the Fast and the Furious version of okay. it. Okay. And a bunch of my buddies have motorcycles and I was like, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. But shortly afterwards, I joined the Marines and then just traveled and deployments and doing everything. I didn't really have time. Yeah. But about a year before I got out of the, of the military, I was like, oh, well, I'm kind of at a station now. I'm here in California. You know, I'm, I'm getting out maybe or whatever else, but I have the resources now and I have the time and San Diego's awesome to ride in. Why, why, don't, I, why don't I actually buy a bike now? So I did. Right. And then that just started the whole addiction. <laughs> I, it was interesting when I was um, a teenager, I remember um, being around people with who rode bikes. I went to a motocross race or two. Um, I tried to jump on a bike. They were like, yeah, this is the clutch. This is the throttle. And then just flying off the back. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bike. And I just remember thinking, you know, one day I will learn really the ins and outs of this. And as I mentioned to you before we started, I decided to sign up for some classes here locally. Saddleback College has a whole bunch of training classes, safety classes. So I started off with the Can-Am class, which is really fun. I still and wanna then, take that. What? <laughs> I wanna take that as well, just for fun. Oh my gosh, 1200 CCs. Yeah. But he, yeah, he told cool. us how somebody got on the bike and she didn't understand the throttle, how it has such a kick to it. And she went plowing into a, um, the sidewalk. And that was the end of the bike and, they, and she was okay, but you really understand 1200 cc's, as you know, is nothing yes. to play with. Yes. And those are just instant. There's no, there's no clutch or gears, right? You're just, right. it's like a big scooter. You just twist the throttle and you're Exactly. Gone. Exactly. Yeah. I was glad he told us that. Cause I was like, I'm going to ease into this. <laughs> yes. Slow hands, happy riders. That's what I always say right. when I teach. <laughs> I, and I think what happens is especially it's really smart, as I was saying, and you know, take your time. This is a serious machine. It's not just hop on and go flying around the neighborhood. Um, I just got a used Piaggio MP3 because I thought, oh, I'll get a three wall bike. It is so top heavy. Hmm. And I thought I knew the mechanics of this thing with the tilt lock. The bike went, Boop. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, but I, I understand a little bit more and I've been riding in a parking lot. So because I'm sure a lot of people right now are looking for outlets, we're all stir crazy, or perhaps like some people want to learn things that they've never done. Like where do they start? What's the first thing to do? 
Hmm. What's the best way to start to answer? If you want to ride, that's always the first decision. If you decide you want to do it, you have to be realistic with yourself and understand that it's very dangerous. Depending on what your statistics you look at, it's it's between 28 and like 38 times more dangerous than driving a car. So it's very dangerous. You have to accept that risk and be willing to do whatever you can possible to lower that risk. So wearing gear, taking formal training and you yeah. have to practice your skills. Otherwise it's not going to be relevant to you. If you take a course, we don't practice what you're taught. Right. So right. I would describe it. If you take a course, you get a whole bunch of tools in your tool belt. Like we all know that metaphor and analogy, Yeah. but they're still in boxes and wrapped in plastic. You have to play with it. You have to take it apart and put it together. And that's what practice is. You get to the point where you practice something enough where there's, you're not longer, you're not thinking about it. And that's true muscle memory, but it just takes repetition my vest has shut up in practice more so than anything else, because that's the thing I find that people are lacking. And, you know, to get good at anything, play the piano or anything, you just, you got to do it. You have to put in the time of repetition. Mm-hmm. But um, you said something earlier, it's good and bad. I mean, technology and the internet and everybody has an opinion, but I started to describe some people it's like they're white belts pretending to be black belts. You see what I'm saying? Everybody has an opinion, but, if you're a new rider, consider yourself like a white belt in martial arts. You're at the very beginning, right? So you take formal training by people who are really high up in the, like they're black belts. They really know what they're doing. And those are the, that's the thing I've just pushed people towards more so than anything. On my website, I have all the courses I recommend. Nobody told me to do that. Nobody paid me to do that. I just want people to get formal training. And I tell people, forget about my videos, forget about my books. It's formal training first. My videos and everything that I do can help fill in the gaps between formal training. So the formal training is like the big islands and my videos and books are like the water or like a boat that could help you navigate to help you get more aware or just understand things a little bit better. Maybe because I explained things a little bit different than the instructor that you had in your course. But specifically for your question, I my whole second book is about that completely. It's called The Road to Mastery, right? Yeah. Either how to start your journey. And that that book has chapter one, how to even get your license. I explain the entire process about the basic course in California, or you just go to the DMV. I explain all of that. Then I explain how to buy gear. I explain what kind of bike I, rec- um, I recommend to buy, what to look for for a used bike, for a, for a brand new bike, what to practice, what to do when you get your bike, what to expect. So that book is made for someone that's never been on a bike and they're curious, or they've already been riding, but they're kind of stuck in a rut. Like yeah. They've just been doing the same thing for a while. And they're kind of going down the path of, like the analogy I use in the book, if you go down a highway in a straight line on cruise control, it's pretty easy, mm-hmm. but you're not going to become a good driver, right? right? If you take the path over here, that's uphill, downhill, a bunch of curves, and you're learning how to drive your car and do it, it's going to be way more difficult, but you'd be such a better rider. So right. the road to mastery is maybe it could just nudge people in that direction. Like yeah. maybe you haven't taken a course in a couple of years because unfortunately people tend to associate with what they do in a car to a motorcycle. Well, I got my license in a car when I was 16. There's no other car driving schools. I just kind of figured it out. Yeah. Motorcycling is not like that. Right. <laughs> you take the beginner course, you're okay at going 20 in a parking lot. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more training is needed. And there's so many higher levels and deeper levels of information to learn. And the advanced level courses I teach, we talk about suspension setup, full body position, trail braking, those things I would never mention to a beginner rider because they just learned how to shift an hour ago. Yeah. What, what, what could they possibly understand about preload damping and, and, or, you know, um, rebound damping and how to adjust your preload for your weight and what trail braking does. And 
the concept that you need experience. You, you can't yes. give them too much, just like you wouldn't introduce physics to an eighth grader. Right. I mean, there, there's levels, there's levels yeah. to everything. So it's yeah. eighth grade, you, you practice, you get good and comfortable with your bike. Once you've taken the beginner course, then go into a high school level course. You practice that stuff until you're comfortable. That may take six months or a year. And then you go into a master's level course and you just keep that up and you just mm -hmm. keep going. And there's no ending to it. I've been through 22 courses and out of 19 out of those are masters or higher level courses. And the only thing I realize is how much I don't know about anything. I talk to people like Lee Parks and anybody else, and it's just mind boggling of how much information and how skillful they are on the bike. It's, it's truly amazing. So this isn't even yeah. off-road knowledge, right? It's just being yep. on-road knowledge. And that is, and 99% of all my videos are not just on road, it's street riding. Mm -hmm. So that's the majority of my videos. That's the majority of my knowledge is street riding. That's all I've been doing. Um, and then, so I'm really good at street riding. I'm really good at low speed technical turning and Moto Gymkhana, low speed parking lot stuff. That's what Moto Jitsu is about to gain confidence and have fun. My least amount of experience is track riding and dirt riding. And then even those individual areas can also go a million different ways. Dirt, okay, you have flat track dirt, you have motocross, supercross, trials, trails, adventure. I mean, it goes on forever. Then you have a track riding. Maybe just go to a track and play around. You're just trying to improve your skill. Yeah. And then you get to be faster at the track and then maybe become an amateur racer and then pro. And then it's a million different. And that's and then, the ones where you're flying off the hills, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But um, or even motocross, yeah. There's, yeah, exactly. There's levels to everything. So like my least amount of experience is dirt, but I've been through SoCal Supermoto, a course here in Southern California, eight times. I've been through mode or... Um, Moto Ventures level two, where they give you full gear in the bike. I've been there three times. I've been to American Super Camp three times. I'm going for my fourth time next week um, on the track. I've been to probably 50 track days total. And I'm, I teach track riding specific, specific skills on the track for Lee Parks at Total Control. But even though I've done all those things, that's still my tiniest majority of my experience. And I know how limited that I don't know much about these things. I know what I know, kind of. Yeah. But whenever, just a couple of weeks ago, all of us instructors had to do our yearly professional development recertification type thing. And we do it at the track at Willow Springs with Lee Parks. Okay. So that happened on Saturday, the Friday, right beforehand, we all had an opportunity of instructors. We could go to the track and just ride only motorcycle instructors and ride just to improve ourselves. Lee Parks mm -hmm. is there, professional racer for 30 years. And Lee's following me around. I have a video where he's following me and then he gives me feedback. Then he follows me around again. But just seeing how incredibly quick he is and how I would just absolutely crash if I even attempted to do the speeds that he's doing. And he's a 50-year-old guy professionally for 30 years. And he's, you know, but but think about the real professional racers, yeah. like the current ones. And then sure. there's there's levels and then Superbike and then MotoGP. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it's unreal. It's so inspiring because there's always so much to learn. But people who think they know everything or they don't need to take a course, I recommend them to... Some people think I'm being harsh, but I tell them to stop writing because you're just, you're, you're risking, you're adding to the risk because you don't think there's nothing else to learn. Right. If you only have four tools in your toolbox, okay. You just practice those for 20 years. Well, you're a beginner for 20 years, mm -hmm. but what if something happens outside of those four tools? Like you go around the mid corner and there's gravel. What are you going to do? The beginner course teaches you nothing about that. It's perfect cement on flat. Right. You have to take higher level courses to learn those tools that you might need for that situation because mm -hmm. it's public road riding. You don't know what's going to happen. You right. don't know what scenario is going to come up if someone pulls out in front of you and you have to stop the bike extremely fast. 
So yeah. you have to not only learn the techniques, but spend a tremendous amount of time practicing those things. So if something does happen, there, by the time you have to think about, oh my God, this car just pulled out, I have to reach up and squeeze the brake. So when did I practice this last? You, you hit the car, mm. it, it's over. You just, right. you gotta be able to um, have that muscle memory down. Yeah. That's why I, at the encouragement of what I try to tell people to do is wear full gear, practice and take courses. Those are three things I repeat hundreds of times a week when I reply to people or I do phone calls or just meet people. Those three things are the yeah. things I say nonstop. Well, it's interesting because the, the Can-Am course I took, I think they said, do you need a motorcycle license with the Can-Am Riker? No, you don't. Okay. And so it's in you, a weird place because weird. like as last time I talked to the state administrator, so it's not safe enough to be classified as a car. Mm -hmm. There's no like roll cage or, you know, it's not like a seatbelt. Right? right. So, but it's not a motorcycle because that's defined as two wheels. Yeah. So what is it? And, and you don't have it? any, you don't have any benefits of like, you can't lane split on that thing because it's not right. a motorcycle and it's just too wide. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird kind of like gap, I think in the law that people have to been, people have been thinking about and like, okay, what do we do with these things? And you don't even need a motorcycle license. Like you just go buy one and ride down the road. I think that they should require a motorcycle license so people can learn the skills of the road to some degree. Yes. I think that would be very, I think it would be, I wish it would be encouraged when everybody goes to drive a car to get their car license. Even if you have no desire or plan on riding a motorcycle, I, mm -hmm. I highly encourage you to take this course. By the way, you know, each of the places can say, we'll give you a discount if you come back to this location and take a motorcycle course as well. Even if you don't plan on riding, yeah. because the level of awareness will teach you and just your overall ability of looking ahead and being aware of your surroundings is tremendously beneficial. And that's what motorcycling really does because we're the smallest, littlest, tiniest things on the public road and nobody looks out for you. Right. So you have to go into really the type of mode where like, like a lot of people say things of, I pretend everybody's drunk and they're trying to kill me. Like it keeps you focused. There's no right. room to daydream. There's anticipate. no room to yeah, you have to anticipate and plan ahead. And it's always your judgment. That's the most important thing. Yeah. The best way to go over a two by four is what? Don't hit the two by four. You don't, don't go, you see it early enough to go around I'm it. I'm like, You're wait, is there a good way? No. <laughs> there is a way and learn how to do it just in oh. case you, you do get surprised. You yeah. slow down as much as you can. You slow stand down. up on the pegs, your legs act as shock absorbers, maybe get okay. a little bit of throttle right before you hit it. So the front, yeah. so the front ex, uh, suspension extends before you, there is a way to do it, but it's better just to avoid it. True. Uh, how, how do you go through all this crazy construction site by my house? Well, you just pick a different route on the way home. Exactly. <laughs> you don't go through that. Like yeah. in jujitsu, I asked one of my buddies, he's a black belt in jujitsu, world champion. I was like, how do you get out of this crazy thing? He's like, don't put yourself in that situation. That's <laughs> you know, that was some deep skill meaning. And he's like, just uh, go there. <laughs> he's like, you don't, you don't allow yourself to be caught in that situation. That's, yeah. that's, so judgment is the most important thing, but yeah. it takes time. You can't just expect in a couple days in a parking lot to have the judgment and awareness and reflexes and skill to handle the bike out on the highway. That's sure. that, there's a big gap. You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta yeah. take it easy, explore your neighborhood, you know, go around your community, right. get on the highway, do one exit one and then get back off the highway. I'm a long way from the highway. I've yeah. just been practicing in what's called the great park. It's an enormous parking lot, which I saw Perfect. you do your skills, you know, skilled course in parking lots, you teach different things. And last week I went out and finally I stopped doing, I, my brother-in-law has been riding a long time. So he set up cones and I was doing, trying to do figure eights. But I noticed when I would lean to my right, I was more, I wasn't as confident going to my right versus my left. 
So I, he said, when's the last time you were on a bicycle? Which had been a while. So I want to take the bicycle out and kind of practice my balancing and. Helps tremendously. Yeah. I, I encourage everybody to ride a bicycle that rides motorcycles. Like I live here in San Diego. So just going up and down the boardwalk with people and your judgment and your timing and can I fit and mm -hmm. just balancing, just simply balancing. Like I try to stop and pause and literally not move as long as I can to balance the bike or wow. I'm riding. Sometimes I try to ride all the way home. I don't put my feet down. So like before a stoplight, I just go really slowly. I just practice, you know, clutch and throttle a little bit of rear yeah. brake and just, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It just, one thing it does besides being fun is, is tremendous amount of confidence you get with your machine. And that's, yeah. and that, that's the underlining factor. If you're not confident with your bike, you just second guess everything. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be afraid about what it does. You won't know Fearful. how it behaves yeah. and that creates risk because you're, you're unsure. You know, if you want to go right, you push right. If you need to swerve, that's the only thing required, but you have to know counter steering and practice that and know what the bike will behave like. Mm -hmm. If that situation does happen where a ladder flies out of the back of a truck, there's no time to think you got to get the heck out of the way quickly. But you have to understand what that feeling does. And that just comes through confidence, which comes through surprise practicing. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. And there's things people don't realize. Like you talk about, Whatever direction you're going, turn your head. Yes. Turn your head. You don't want to be looking down at your controls. and Your head. Exactly. So imagine you take out your eyeball and you glue it to okay. your chin. This is not a head turn. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if you have an eyeball on your chin, like your literal head turn. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. If I look out of the corner of my eye, I'll start to get a headache in about five minutes. So that's not good. And it limits my peripheral vision. I can't see my hand right now. Mm -hmm. But if I point my whole chin in the direction you want to go, my pupils are in the center of my head. My eyes are relaxed, right? They won't get fatigued as easily. And it opens up my peripheral vision big time. Of course, how you look, like if you're turning, middle of the turn, you know, you're pointing your chin. But the timing, I have a video about this. Pretty much everything we said so far, I have videos about. But the timing of how you, how you turn your head and when is an underlining factor, which I don't think enough schools talk about it. And it's very important. If you turn your head to look through a corner and you have to sneak and go like this, right? If you have to look forward again, you're, you turned your head too early. Your timing was off. Yes. If you turn your head too late, like if you turn the bike first and then decide to look where you're going, you can end up going wide. It also creates problems. So when you turn your head in relation to when you start leaning the bike, that's very crucial that, that, that you have to understand that there is First, just be aware of it. There is something called timing of these things. And that includes, you know, all the controls and then practicing that and having someone like finding a mentor, which is, I think the last chapter of my book, the road to mastery, find a mentor. That's, that's actually a black belt. You know, if you're a white belt and there's a blue belt giving you advice, but the black belt hears what the blue belt just told the white belt, he might right. think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of that right. you should not be telling that white belt that, that they, don't, they don't need to hear that right now. That's too much or it's just irrelevant or it's simply wrong. Sure. So if you find a mentor that's actually pretty good, they could keep on nudging you. So it's like bowling alley, like you're gonna do your own thing, but they won't let you allow, they won't let you go in the gutters. They could kind of bounce you back in the right direction right. to get to get down the road, right? But um, so that's the idea of finding a mentor, but it's just having someone experienced to watch you. My biggest breakthroughs of my knowledge and my riding ability has come through the mentors I've had in the, in, in the last seven years that people follow me around. I follow them. I just ask them questions. They're able to explain it to me easily in a way that I can understand and not overly complicated or anything. How do you I've, find mentors? Well, the first thing is you 
you will automatically be friends with anybody on a motorcycle the moment you ride. If anybody's pulled over on the road, I pull over and just ask them, do you need help? I have yeah. tools. I do. Sure. Do you need anything? So you're automatically best friends. I don't know any other culture um, in the world that you wave at strangers every time you go by somebody. Mm-hmm. What other, what other, what culture does that? You wave at anybody, everybody waves. And if people are pulled over and I'm able to do that without, you know, freaking myself out and going across nine lanes of traffic, I'll pull yeah. over and help out. Right. So you'll get to meet people and then you'll, you'll get to, so you have to understand, you have to build a really good, like BS filter. <laughs> someone might be giving, someone might be riding six months longer than you and they might have a whole bunch of ideas like oh that's i never heard of that before that's interesting but the most important thing whatever you're taught is you try it out yourself learn Mm -hmm. for learn through your own experience is what i recommend almost more than anything i've been through 22 courses and some of the things i've learned or i was taught in the course i was like that doesn't make much sense to me that goes against this other course or what this person said interesting but i'm not going to dismiss it i'll try it out and i don't mean try it out for an hour i'll go try this technique out for a month I'll, I'll, I'll really wow. see what this feels like. And then I'll have the experience of it. And then maybe I want to adapt that into my own writing style and be very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that portion of the course, that 10%, I don't need it for my writing style. Because every course I've taken, I don't absorb 100% of what's taught. Sometimes it's only 10%. But that oh. 10% is a big piece of the puzzle that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I never heard that anywhere else. One of the courses I went to all day long, I didn't learn much new intellectually. I was like, yeah, I got this stuff. I've been, I've been writing, you know, six years, 21 different courses. I, I understand this stuff pretty well. Okay. But the one thing that made a difference, that was a big puzzle piece. I never heard that before. And that, that made a difference. So every course is a good course to take, because if you have the open mind of like a beginner's mind, like a kid, you yes. can always learn from somebody somewhere. If you go in, like whenever people take a course and they're already, and they are instructors themselves, or they've been riding a while, they sit there like this. Yeah, I've been riding 20 years. What are you going to teach me there, young buck? Right. And then we actually start doing the drills and they realize you're you've been overestimating your skill for a long time and you're not right. actually that good. Exactly. So, but if you always have that in the back of your mind, like there's something more to learn and I can learn from every course, mm-hmm. you'll be on the right trajectory. That's why people find my YouTube videos and they comment and ask a questions. You know, I spend three hours, four hours a day replying to people. That's all I do is just reply to everybody. You're a seeker. You're going on YouTube. And you have to even seek out YouTube videos to try to learn something. That means in the background, you're willing to accept you don't know everything and you understand that. And you're trying to seek to find something that maybe relates to you. So when people find a video and they find it, they watch it and they comment and they ask a question. Well, of course, I feel like I'm obligated and I need to respond because they're going in the right direction. For me not to respond would be shutting that door and maybe me spending, you know, a couple of days, they replied something, you know, six hours later, I reply back to them. And I take the time to do that. Like, man, this guy, he's actually trying to teach me something. And maybe that will inspire them. You know what? I never thought about before. And I get emails like this all the time, which is the Great. best part about everything I do. Yeah. I never, I'm not, I never thought about took, taking a course before, but after watching 10 of your videos, I just signed up. Oh, I, ne- I never wore riding gear before. I didn't really care. I live in Florida or Arizona. There's not even a helmet law. I just bought a full face helmet because of your videos or, or, and then I was like, that's great the best thing in the world that, somebody right there oh my gosh it's yeah it's amazing and it's worldwide half of my subscribers are not even in the united states more really? than half more than half are in other Whoa. countries and and there is no course we are so lucky to be in southern california where all these courses are available yeah. some states most states only have one or two courses maybe 
-hmm. but most countries have nothing. They have the one or two things and that's it. So that's why teaching, teaching for the past six years, I'm like, great. I'm influencing the 12 people that are in front of me making a difference. Mm -hmm. But if I put a video on YouTube, whole world can watch it. So I only started making videos just June, 2018. Oh, and just all of this stuff happened within the last couple of years, all the YouTube, my books, everything just very short, but it's like, I've already been doing when people say, Oh, you're my favorite YouTuber, or you're, you're a cool author. I don't even think of myself as that because I've already been doing what I've been doing for a long time. It's just right. extremely recent. I started yeah. recording it, <laughs> Oh, but it's already been happening. I've already been doing all this stuff. One-on-ones, mentoring right. people, meeting up with people, practicing, teaching, I've been doing that for a long time, but it's just, well, why not jump into the YouTube world and post a well, video? That's great. Why not? Especially now, because I think more people are looking to get, you know, training, they're looking for information. Um, I mean, like I said, I want to know so much and just constantly learning. So I'm safe out there. Right. Yeah. And that's so a lot of people also say about my channel, you're, you're my favorite safety channel. Mm. I love how you promote safety and this, and it's not wrong. So this is what I say. So this is safety, right? So let's say it's a coin. This okay. is about being safe and you want to be a safe rider. That's one way to focus on videos. I don't think I've ever said in any of my videos, this is about safety. What I focus on and what I say and teach in my videos is this half of the coin, which mm-hmm. is these are the techniques you need. This is why it's important. This is how to do it. This is what to practice. If you learn how to do those things, in addition with good judgment, and not taking crazy amounts of risk, you'll automatically be safer because you can't have one side of the coin without the other. Right. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you could have all the skills in the world, but if you take insane amounts of risk and go 150 miles per hour down the highway, your yeah. judgment is the problem, not your skill. Right. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. without with being very aware of the level of risk you're willing to take and how, the, how fast you go and what you choose to do with really good technique, you could greatly reduce those odds of you getting seriously hurt mm-hmm. or crashing at all because you know what you're doing and you're not taking too much risk. We're already on the bike and we're risking a lot. And people say, I, you know, thanks, thanks for teaching me how to be hundred percent safe. I'm like, there's no such thing. Do you ride yeah. a motorcycle? This is very <laughs> dangerous. No matter what you do, it's, it's, it's yeah. very dangerous, but you're willing to accept it. And if you want to start chipping away at that number of how dangerous it is, mm-hmm. more courses, full gear and practice. Right. And, and the background of what those three things are made out of, you have to have the judgment, the, the correct mindset and the judgment. So like the pace you go on the street, how fast you go or not fast you go, that's just your own individual moment to moment decision. Mm-hmm. If you're cruising at 70 miles power down the highway and another bike passes you at 90, maybe something inside is like, oh, I want to go catch them and just go have fun and go on the highway at 90. Well, maybe if that's your decision, what you tended, you have to accept the risk, right? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm risking a whole lot and I could get a ticket or crash and it's right. going to be dramatically worse consequences if I hit the back of a car at 90 because I didn't see it make a lane change versus yeah. I hit that car at 60. You know, so it's moment to moment decision making. And what is it worth to you? What is what is your risk? What are you willing to Great do advice. or not do? Yeah. So. And I like how your videos are broken into white belt, blue belt, different belts. I could have just made it levels one through six, but I've been doing martial arts for 15 plus years. I was in the Marines. I was a black belt instructor in the Marine Corps martial arts program. And I like jujitsu. I love it. Right. So motorcycles and jujitsu, jitsu. So I think, and I think it's more relatable. I could say, you know, level one, do this and level two, but now with jitsu, I develop a language to speak to people and they, and everybody understands it. And even if you know nothing about martial arts, we all have watched enough movies to understand. if you're a white belt, you're the bottom. If you're a black belt, you're the top dog. Right. Right. Yes. So I could explain to people, you're a white belt. 
you know, you, you take a couple of courses, you practice, you get a couple of oil changes under your belt, three, 4,000 miles, 10,000 miles, you're probably a blue belt now, right? But there's a lot more to learn. Just understanding the levels above you right. is always important to remember. And remembering, well, I was a white belt just because like I'm a black belt now, that doesn't mean I was never the white belt. I didn't start off as a black belt. Nobody does. Yes. Nobody is, nobody is amazing at anything. The moment they try it, no one is right. doing it like that. Yeah. Even people that are extremely athletic or athletes or talented. Tiger Woods has a coach, has a coach. <laughs> the best people still have mentors and they have to give advice to. So you just, it's remembering what it's like to be in the shoes of you as a new rider and what it means to relate to people in that way where you're not talking down to them and it, and you could be inviting and just understand like, yes, you may not say you asked me a question about something and I give you the answer. I'm not in the business to make everybody like what I say. And a lot of people don't like me and that's okay. But I will tell you the truth about what you need to know, because you could be honest without being an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> like the old saying of, yeah. if my wife asks me how I look in this dress, you're not going to say she looks like a cow, but you could also say something that's honest, but you're also telling the truth. Maybe you look better in a different outfit or whatever, right? There's a whole bunch of ways to do it. So when people ask me a question, I could say this and I might make them feel good. Like, oh my gosh, I got Moto Jitsu. He responded to my YouTube comment. I'm so happy. He told me what I need to hear, what I want to hear. But I tell him this, like, I actually don't suggest that at all. And I think that's, I don't think that's a good decision to make. And like, oh man, you just crushed my dreams. I, I don't, you know, you're being mean. You're No, I oh. think you're being honest for their benefit of their safety or. Yes. Yeah. Know. So, and sometimes just people need to hear, no, don't go buy the 1000 CC bike as your first bike. That's like giving a 15 year old Lamborghini. You don't know what you're doing right. or like the Moto Jitsu belt level system. When should I take a passenger? I have a lot of video about passenger ridings. When you're able to do blue belt in my Moto Jitsu program with the passenger, you're probably okay to go maybe take a passenger. But if you can't even do that by yourself, why would you take another life on the no back way. of your bike? You know how good you have to be to take a passenger and to not have a tremendous amount of risk because you not only have to be good yourself, so you have the foundation, you have to know what to tell the, the, tell the passenger how to get on, how to get off, what to do during stoplights, corners, what not to do. You mm -hmm. come to a stoplight, do you take your feet off? Do you let go of me completely? You have to anticipate the light is green for a while and we're coming up to it. Well, obviously it's about to turn yellow because look at the cars lined up on either side. Yes. So it's about to turn. It's been green for a while. Yes. The passenger can't be daydreaming and looking off and doing it. They have to pay attention because if I have to brake quickly, mm -hmm. you have to be ready to brace yourself. Right. But it's your job, the rider, to be able to explain that to the person. You bet. And the person's job is to trust you 100% and to know I'm not going to jump on the back of, of, a, of a person's bike that's like a white belt. It doesn't make any sense. Not at all. If you walk into a boxing gym and like, okay, I want to do lessons today. And a guy that it's a white belt walked out. It's like, hi, guys, I'm the instructor. You're like, <laughs> I'm not paying for this. Where, where's, where's the black belt? Where's the world champ boxer? I'm going to listen to that guy. I'm not listening exactly. to you. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's and that's another just you're taking your life and giving it to someone like you're just giving the, the deed to your life in someone's hand if you jump on the back of somebody's bike and they don't know what they're doing. And there's a lot of examples of people crashing and getting seriously hurt because the the person they claim to be because of whatever that they're brown belts and black belts, but they're actually white belts and they jumped on the back mm. poor decision making, trying to show off and press right. their friends, no technique, no practice, no skill, yeah, no gear. Yeah. If I picked you up from your house right now and said, let's go for a ride and you had, you know, flip-flops on a t-shirt, you're not coming with me. No, it's my responsibility. And it's my choice. You, you are not going to ride it on my bike unless you have gear on. Right. I, That's I the first thing I did. I went and got 
uh, someone was selling an Arai Quantum X helmet. You know, I had done my research on different helmets and it fit great. I found out about the, the proper fitting because it shouldn't be too loose. Right. I went and got a, um, a jacket, it's cycle gear, a belt jacket. I made sure like the lining zipped out in case it was too hot. Um, I just went and got pants yesterday. I have boots, I have gloves. Like I wasn't gonna do that. That's nuts. Yes. The, one of the mental examples I give in my book um, in a bunch of videos and whatever else, drive down the highway in your car. Once you get to highway speed, open the door and jump out. That's what's gonna be like the crash on a motorcycle. So with what is what you're wearing gonna protect you and if you actually did that? Yeah. If the answer is no, that's your risk to take. I don't go around lecturing people like you should wear this, you should wear this. If I yeah. if I post online right now, I'm going for a ride on Sunday. Anybody want to come ride with me? Let's go ride. And three people show up with t-shirts on. There's no possible way I'll go up and start lecturing anybody. Just like all my friends that are girls and just girls in general from the people I've talked to, there's so much unsolicited advice. It's ridiculous. Nobody wants to come up to you and just start giving you advice. I if I'm sitting there doing bench press at the gym and somebody walks up to me and says, Hey, you should be doing this. My first thought is I didn't ask you a question. Why are you giving me advice? I didn't ask you anything. So unless somebody asks me advice, then I'll give them whatever my thoughts are. But if someone doesn't do that, it's, you shouldn't say anything. Like I'm not going to go up to people and say, you look, you should wear a jacket. You should do this. You should, who, who is this person? They know the risk. They're sure. not, they're adults. Yeah. I'm not, they're not, I'm not their babysitter, but if they ask me like, Hey, um, I was thinking about getting a jacket. What do you suggest? Oh man, you just open the door and ask me a question. Then I'll give you all kinds of advice and check out this make sure you get yeah. the good armor. Yeah. Make sure it's abrasion resistant. Oh, and but... I put the spine thing in the back. There you go. And, yeah. and armor, right? So the armor is, yeah. it needs to be comfortable foam, but nothing real too stiff. But if you go that, that's the first thing I recommend more than anything else for the jacket and pants. What is going to hit the ground if you go tumbling? Your elbows, your shoulders, your back, your hips, your knees, your feet, your hands, your head. Yeah. So it's going to be very unlikely you'll be sliding on your stomach only, a slip and slide going down the ground. You're going to right. be tumbling. So yeah. you don't want to be shattering those bones. So having good quality armor in the places you need it. But um, so you're on, you're going in the right direction. Already you're ahead of a lot of people because just people that choose not to wear gear. Again, it's their choice. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But understand the risk and don't make excuses if you crash and you have you know right. $2000 in full quality gear $150,000 in hospital bills that's sure. so simple sure how could that be worth and it and the other thing i would say is cuz i had mentioned this earlier me buying a used piaggio mp3 it's a, it's an amped up scooter it looks like a, a just a hot bike and yeah. i i'm thinking this is a motorcycle this is a 500cc bike so I want to learn everything there is. Now they won't let me bring it to the class. I'm going to be riding motorcycles, which I'm really excited about because years ago I used to drive stick shift, mm -hmm. but I want to learn everything there is to know about the clutch and shifting one down, four up or whatever the configuration. Right. And maybe down the road, I get a bike, but you know, maybe it's 250 CC. I don't know. But the point is just because they say you don't need a motorcycle license. Ridiculous. I want to learn if I'm on the road. Yes. And you want to be James Bond where you could just jump on a motorcycle and ride it, right? Not how many people don't even know how to drive stick shift cars. I think it's right. to learn to do something difficult. I have a picture. I don't, I don't know who said this, but be brave enough to be bad at something again. Yeah. Be, be, you have enough courage and curiosity to be like, you know what? I don't know how to play violin. I'm going to take violin lessons because learning how to do something difficult, 
that's very important, regardless of what it is in any discipline or anything, even if it's not related to your job or you just want to do it for fun. But the process of what you're learning to go through that and the dedication and discipline it takes to do that, that's the benefit. So learning how to drive a motorcycle with a clutch, say you only buy a scooter for the rest of your life, but yeah. learning how to do that, you gain the experience of, man, look at this. And, and now you just have, you're more relatable to people. So you understand what they're going through and the shifting and how that works and how now you're a one man band. All four extremities are doing different things yes. at the same time. And you can't look down to see what you're doing. Right. <laughs> right. But if you have a scooter, you have the brakes and you just have the throttle. Right. And some motorcycles now, like a brand new Goldwing, 2000, whatever, 18 and up Goldwing, or whatever it is, it's a 1800 CC thousand pound couch on wheels with no Whoa. clutch. It's really, it's a scooter. It's a no scooter. clutch. 1800 CC <laughs> thousand pound thing. It even has reverse. <laughs> it's so big. But yeah, I think learning how to do everything, no matter what it is, is very, very important. Just like the same thing of technique over technology. Sure, yeah. your bike has ABS and traction control and everything else, blah, blah, blah. But if that fails one day, what are you going to do? If you buy a bike that doesn't have it and you relied on the technology, like, oh, it'll save me. ABS will save me. ABS, anti-lock brake, does not mean anti-flip over the handlebars. Right. If I grab the front brake on my bike right now I, and I had the the grip of the tires, I could absolutely do a front flip and crash. Sure. Just because you have the technology, it should be irrelevant to your riding. It shouldn't interfere. If something happens where the technology is interfering with whatever control, there's something terribly wrong with what you are doing. Yes. So yeah. the bike I used to have, have every technology in the world, this BMW sport bike, right? Everything I saw you saw that have. in your videos. Yeah, it's crazy, right? All this yeah. stuff. The very next bike didn't even have a fuel gauge. <laughs> what? I went from a bike with, every technology you can imagine to a bike that had no ABS, no traction control, no fuel gauge, no RPM, nothing. And I rode not one bit different. I rode the same pace. I went to the same places, the same track, the same speeds. What does it matter? The bike I have, the technique is the most important thing. Yes. And when you get your skill high enough, the bike becomes irrelevant. Why can't you do that on the Harley versus the sport bike? Yes. Well, you're just limited to your motorcycle. That's okay. But me as an instructor, I have to understand and learn how to ride and get good at any motorcycle. Because when I teach the toll control intermediate or advanced level course, there's 12 riders that show up. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what kind of bikes they might show up on. It. And we start, I asked them, sometimes I ask them, what bike do you want me to demonstrate the next exercise on? Because if I can't jump on the bike and do that, how in the world are these guys going to have trust in me that I know what I'm doing? Because yeah. they will say, oh, it's easy to do on your bike. You have the little whatever. Yeah. Try it on my Harley. Okay, let me drive your Harley. Let me ride it. Okay. And I'm like, holy crap, he just did it on my bike. So now the bike doesn't matter because people blame the bike all the time. Whenever you blame the bike for you can't do a U-turn, whatever. Yeah. it's not the bike's fault. I promise. It's not the bike's fault. <laughs> Stop yeah. blaming the bike. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Where can people find out more about you? And if they are in Orange County, LA, and they want to come take courses, are you teaching now? The place I was teaching at, um, the business itself, they had problems. And I don't, I don't think the business is going to be anymore. So I'm not teaching anywhere myself okay. currently right now. But yeah. the total control courses are still available. You go to totalcontroltraining.net. Okay. It's the overall big headquarters main website about the different courses. Okay. But me specifically about my books or my videos or t-shirts or whatever else, that's all on my website, motojitsu.com. It has everything on there from stuff about me to links to my books, links to my merchandise. My website is the one-stop shop. 
And of course my videos is Moto Jitsu, but. Videos are great. Like I said, I mean, I was checking out the white belt ones cause that's where I'm at. And yeah. it's great just, you know, the different things to do in parking lots, really helpful. Simple. And uh, the videos are all done with my phone. Really? I have no, I have no recording equipment. I have no wow. microphones. Cause I spend my time replying back to people I'm not spending my time editing. I edit nothing and I don't retake. I have someone hold my phone, yeah. hit record. I just start talking. Right. After 20 minutes go by, I hit stop. It goes into iMovie so I could up upload my little um, beginning intro that my buddy made for me. Yeah. From my phone, every one of my videos from my phone uploads directly to YouTube. No Perfect. editing. Perfect. Because I don't care about any of that. Nobody you have cares. better things to do with your time. I mean, you get, yeah. it's not your... You know. I don't care. It, it's that stuff's irrelevant to me. I don't care about production or music or yeah. flashy things. People watch my videos for the content, not because of the I'm a I'm a TV producer, editor, extravagant. Right. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. And I don't think it, it doesn't. The biggest compliment I get, ironically, is I love that your videos are simple and there's no. You're just talking in the parking lot, or you just draw with my markers. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm not going to change. I don't care if I have 10 million subscribers tomorrow. It's not going to make a difference. I, my videos are going to be the way they are because that's the way I've learned. Mm -hmm. And it's been the biggest compliment and what people have been telling me for years and years, don't change the way you're doing these things because it would take away from yes. how they, and it's, it would be unrelatable now. Now it's too much production and flash and thumbnails. Like, and Yeah, it's like, it's like in the movie Training Day, all that jelly and no toast. There's no point. Any last bit of advice? Yeah, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. So you asked about courses. Yeah. So um, on my website, it has the links to all of the courses I recommend. So if you're in San Diego or Southern California, and you need, even if you're not so much in Southern, Southern California, yeah. I mean, just come here. We are so lucky to have these courses. So all the courses I recommend, all the links to those courses are on my website. Okay. And, and that's, it's like a one-stop shop for all these things. So a lot of people ask me what course to take. And sometimes the courses they travel like American super camp, they travel around Yamaha champions racing school. They travel around the different locations. So some places are just fixed in location, but other places do it all over the place, but formal training. And it's all on my website. The, the links to those guys' courses are on my website and every course is a good course. And like, man, that course is kind of expensive. So take a course and learn how to ride or you spend your money on hospital bills. Right. <laughs> And it's just fun, even if there wasn't a reason. Um, it's like don't buy a cheap helmet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What what is going to protect you if you do jump out of a car at sixty miles per hour? Not the ten dollar helmet you bought at Walmart. That's going right. to do nothing for you. But exactly. Buying good quality gear, it's an investment. It's not something that it's like getting a PhD in physics. You know, you don't waste your money. You're investing yeah. in yourself. You buy good quality gear, it'll last. Yeah. I've had the same jacket for years. You know, they'll last a long time. If you buy cheap stuff, then, you know, the zipper you breaks, you get what you pay for the zipper breaks in a month and then yeah. the Velcro doesn't work anymore. And then, yes. you know, it says waterproof, but the jacket was 50 bucks and now it rains one time you got caught and you're drenched. So right. you spend the money on good quality gear. That's before you even jump on the bike. That's what you're going to start saving your money on. Then you practice, get on your bike and then you start taking the formal training. But the gear is absolutely, I agree with you. And I'm glad you did what you did is that's one that's absolute priority one is you got to get gear to protect yourself that. it doesn't matter if you're going doesn't because people for some reason i don't know but even if you haven't experienced this it's not fun to crash your bicycle 
or a skateboard at 10 miles per hour and you scrape up your elbow. No way. It, it takes a long time to heal and it hurts. That's yeah. 10 miles per hour right. going down a hill on a skateboard and you get some little road rash. Oh my exactly. gosh, what's going to happen on the highway? Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You got to get gear. You got to get yeah. hybrid gear. Oh, one last thing, you know, people have said to me that I couldn't bring my uh, Piaggio to the motorcycle class. So they give us bikes to ride. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty much true for any class I'm going to take is I have to bring a motorcycle or they provide them? So the, it, the beginner course, yeah. that's the key thing for the beginner course in almost every state, you could bring your own motorcycle if it meets two out of the three requirements. So I think they just changed it. I'm not 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure California, the beginner course, like which I teach, um, 500 cc's or less, 500 pounds or less, and like a 30, what, four seat height or less, something like that. It has to meet two out of those three requirements. So your bike might be less than, you know, 500 cc's, but maybe it's heavy. So it's 500 cc's. Yeah. Or, or maybe, so it does have to meet requirements for the beginner okay. course. Okay. Because we don't want people coming with a too big, powerful bike that they're borrowing from their buddy and they don't know how to ride yet. It's just okay. adding too much risk too soon. But the main point to understand about the beginner course in whatever state to get your license, the idea is learn how to ride on an easy bike. That's easy yeah. to ride. Right. It may not necessarily be the type of bike you want to ride or right. your personal bike. That's okay. Yeah. Say I want to ride a sport bike, but in the course I take, I decide to ride the little 250 rebel cruiser bike. Well, that's a yeah. very easy bike to ride and learn on. Okay. The point is, the point is to learn in the beginner course. And I, and I, I would even say just ride the bike that's you're comfortable with in the beginner course. Okay. When you take the courses, you know, the high school level course and the masters, you bring your own motorcycle, like in the total control world, yeah. the intermediate, anything above the beginner course, you do bring your own bike. And that's very important. I think that's the next logical step too. Yeah. take the course on whatever to get to learn the foundational techniques. Okay. Then you get comfortable on your bike and then you yeah. take the total control intermediate level course or whatever the next level course is on your own motorcycle. Okay. Very different bike, different set of power. Yes. You have to learn your bike with instructors that could give you feedback on your own motorcycle. Okay. The other courses that are on my website, they're not beginner or high school even. They're like bachelor's and master's level courses. Okay. SoCal Supermoto, they give you the bike, you bring your own gear. Okay. American Super Camp, they give you full gear and the bike and you're learning how to go sideways through the mud with professional racers teaching you. Whoa. <laughs> right. So it's beneficial extremely to bring your own motorcycle to a course, but there is a course like dirt training, whatever else that give you the bike. Just understand that's not the beginner course for licensing. That's just learning the tools that can only be taught in that environment. So you need to bring the bike that best fits that. Cause I don't even know if I take the, I'm taking the beginner course next weekend, if I'm going to be able to get my, was it a permit? Like I'm going to, you know, apply for my license. I don't know if yes. they'll let me bring my MP3. take you won't need to so taking the beginner course in california is called the mtc the motorcyclist training course it's a statewide course to get your license okay so the way it happens you can go right now to take your permit your permit is just a written test okay that's it so you can do that now if you want to okay but this is what most people do you take in california most states you take the beginner level course yeah it's and it's that's the state approved course to get the yellow golden ticket, if you graduate, called the DL39, that's what waves the riding portion at the DMV. You don't have to do it. Oh. All you have to do at the DMV. So you take the course, you got classroom, you oh. do PowerPoint for three hours, yeah. either at night or during the day, then you ride in the afternoon. Yeah. Day two mirrors day one. Right. Classroom in the morning. Yeah. Then you do your written test based on the information in that course. Okay. And then you ride in the afternoon and there's a motorcycle on the bike test that you do in the parking lot based okay. on what you're taught. Oh. You, pass, you pass all that stuff. Then you get a completion card saying you passed the course and you get mailed or you could pick it up 
the DL 39. That's the actual formalized waiver you need. Got it. Take that piece of paper, you bring it to the DMV. Yes. You take the written test at the DMV, which has nothing to do with the written test you took in the course. Got it. This is, you have to just, you know, if you just Google California 2020 DMV motorcycle practice test, there's a million of them you could practice. Okay. You take the written test at the DMV, you pass that, and then you're good. You give them, you give them the DL39, you take yep. the written test at the DMV, they'll take your picture, and then they'll, you know, you get your permit or you get your paper license. In a couple yeah. of weeks, you get mailed your actual license with your CM1 endorsement, and then you're okay. fully licensed, everything's good to go. But and then I'm going to continue taking courses. Yes, that's... Because you passed the course, and I even say this sometimes in the course, everybody graduates like, yay, good job, guys. You're good at going 20 in a parking lot. Yeah, Under no. Understand this is, this is basics. Yeah. And there's a lot more to learn. Yeah. And, and I wish more instructors would be honest and promote and understand. Please don't think that everything we said in this course is the one all be all. It's good information but it's limited on purpose. It's designed to be limited to eighth grade. I can't teach you suspension in this stuff. You got, you'll, it's gonna go over your head. It doesn't yes. make much sense to you. Yes. Just understand this is step one. There are many more courses to take. And if you go in that direction, you're gonna have way more fun and way less likely to crash. You bet. All right, motojitsu.com. Yes, that's right. everything. Everything. This has been great, Greg. Thank you so much. I'm gonna stay in touch. Awesome. I will do. If you feel free to get a hold of me about anything, you always go on my website and email me. You have a question about a course or anything that you just said about the course. Just okay. get a hold of me and ask me anything. I do that all day long. I love it. Okay. And then when I am more skilled and confident, I mean, I could come down to San Diego if there's courses down there. I mean, yeah. And I've done over 100 one-on-one -on -one cornering sessions with people like okay. out and I meet up with people. I don't charge anybody. It takes like two hours a piece. And there've been three or four people that don't even bring their motorcycle. They just drive their car down from LA. They meet up with me with all their gear on. I just show them a whole bunch of cool stuff. Wow. And, then, and then they drive back home just because they want to keep learning and they want to learn from me. See, I've yeah, had that, people, yeah. I've had a lot of people do this from just people that just love my videos. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa Alcantara. She's Kim Kardashian's personal trainer. She wow. came down to do that with me. Uh, there's uh, one of Justin Bieber's professional dancers. His name is Mighty Michael. He came down to do that with me, just drove his car. And cool. just wanted to, he's like, I like your videos. I like the way you teach. I want to learn from you. So I want to yeah. come down and drive because there are newer riders at the time yeah. and they don't, they, they're not going to feel comfortable riding their bike from LA down here. No. I was like, just drive your car, just bring full gear. Like you would, like Makes you are going to ride. Just I'll, you can meet up with me and okay. we'll, I'll teach you a whole bunch of stuff for nothing. I won't charge you anything. Cool. That's really nice of you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I'm going to stay in touch. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you.